From Connect Booster, I'm Ryan Goodman. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Amy Babinchak, owner of three IT-related businesses, Harbor Computer Services, Third Tier, and Sell My MSP. A technical professional with advanced skills in networking design, management, and implementation, she's been working in the SMB IT community for more than 20 years. Under Amy's leadership, Harbor Computer Services won the Microsoft Partner of the Year Award in 2010. This is one of the most prestigious boards in the channel. Here's what Amy had to say. When the Secretary of State in Louisiana looked around, he realized he didn't even, he wanted to talk to our industry association and say, hey, we need to be able to discern who's a quality MSP, who's not, who's just some dude that decided to hang out a shingle and doesn't really know what they're doing, you know, as opposed to people that really have more of a professionalism. How do I sort these out? How do I know who's going to do a good job? Well, there's no way to know. We don't have a bar association. We don't have the certified CPAs. We don't have the Hippocratic Oath. We don't have any of that stuff. And yet we call ourselves professionals, but we've got nothing to prove it. Amy, thank you for your time with us today here at Connect Booster and Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast. Really, uh, again, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to chat with us. No, well, I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. Oh, you bet. You bet. And it's fun to, uh, to be here. So we serve on the uh, EC together. So, uh, you know, certainly get to see your face at least on a on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, but I'm really looking forward to having a, a one-on-one conversation with you, Dave, for, for a number of different reasons. So I'm very interested in discussing um, your MSP uh, regulation and legislation group that, that you've been a part of and that you've started, as well as uh, digging into a lot of your uh, Microsoft 365 uh, administration um, expertise. But before I go in and dig into all of that, uh, I have a couple of other questions that I'd love to uh, get out of the way and, and learn a little bit more about you. Is that is that good? We good to go? That's good with me. Let's do it. All right. Sounds great. So um, some basics out of the way. Let's, uh, where can people find your, your business on online? And for people that don't, don't know you, it's going to be few and far between. Don't, don't get me wrong, but why don't you give them a hundred thousand foot view of what you what you do? I, I'm sure there's a hundred thousand people that don't know me, but <laughs> um, so uh, I uh, I have three businesses actually. Um, I have Harbor Computer Services, which is my we'll call it an MSP style business. Mm-hmm. Uh, had that for twenty years now, so a good long time. Yeah, uh, I have a third tier, which kind of grew out of. Harbor. Um, when I became a Microsoft MVP now 15 years ago, um, I started to get a lot of requests from other IT firms to help them with different technical issues that they were they were having. And so uh, I recognized the need for small IT firms to have a place to go to where they could trust the, the you know, get that higher level of technical support that they might be stuck on, you know, addressing some issue that they haven't had to before. And not having the internal expertise to, to get over it. And sometimes you don't want to spend eight or 10 or five days on the phone with the vendor. Right. <laughs> and you just want to talk to somebody who's done it before. And so that's what third tier is for. That's awesome. Um, 
And then, um, and then recently, uh, uh, Rayan Buccianico and I started Sell My MSP because we identified a problem where uh, MSPs, the biggest issue in trying to sell your company was letting people know that it was for sale, you know, <laughs> and there's it's not really, not, a, not, not really a place for that. And yeah. so, you know, so we kind of created a, a space for that and, um, you know, that was going pretty well. We're, I think we're both sort of ready to get, to get out of that business because it's a little uncore to what we both do, but, um, but it is uh, something we've been doing for a few years now. So really just kind of like to help the community out in any way that, that I can. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, and uh, you're certainly very visible and do a lot of speaking the channel and adding, adding value, value back into it. So um, again, we're excited to have you on and, and get your perspective on a number of these different topics. Um, I'd like to go back, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, owning, owning, um, not third tier, but Harbor computer services for, for 20 years. Um, what got you, what got you into the field? Um, you know, what got me into it, it's, uh, I don't, it's just that I had an aptitude for it, honestly. I mean, I don't have a degree in this, right? My degree is sure. in public affairs, which okay. is, is government essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I, 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 uh, I did a dual major in natural resources because I was very interested in, in how government was ad addressing natural resources policy. So I sure. put those two things together. And then I went on and got a master's degree focusing on environmental economics, again, kind of down that same path. Uh, and then I went to work in government and found out that I really did, didn't fit well in government. It was so sure. slow moving. <laughs> And I'm not a slow moving kind of person. So, uh, and, and, you know, I thought, and then I went from there into, into uh, environmental consulting and everywhere I went though, I found that I was the computer person, right? Hmm. I was doing my job and then I was also managing the IT for the company at the same time. And, um, you know, I just found that I enjoyed it. I always used to say, you know, Michael Dell and I were building computers in our dorm rooms, only he thought it was a business. And I thought I was just helping out my friends, right? Because <laughs> we're, we're almost the same age. And, you know, I was ordering the parts out of computer shopper and building stuff and, and yeah. doing all that. And for me, it was just a fun hobby. Yeah. I never, I never thought of it, that it was going to be a, a career, right? It was just something I was doing uh, for the fun of it. And um, just because I like to know how things work and it was fun to build stuff and, you know, and that just kind of eventually I just decided that, you know, maybe, maybe I can do this for a living. <laughs> That's, and, and, and into the, uh, into the, the great unknown you went or were you, were you from uh, the, from the technician side to the business side? Did you, you know, feel I, like that was a tough chasm or? Uh, no, I didn't. And, um, you know, I, when I decided that maybe I would do this for a living, I, I went out and I took a certification exam and okay. uh, got my first IT job and started working. And, you know, I, I, I worked at one place with a great boss for about three years who taught me all kinds of things about routing and WANs and firewall configurations and router programming and um, he was very encouraging. You know, he, he, I remember he told me I was the, in his entire career, I was the person that he met that could learn the quickest. That's cool. And I just, I just was a sponge. I just Sweet. absorbed everything from him. 
Uh, and he, he turned out to be the guy that actually did all the Unisys wide area networks across the European continent. So he wow. had a great vast knowledge and I just sucked it all in. Yeah. And then, um, and then one day I woke up and I realized that I had learned everything I could learn. And so I left that job and I, I took a systems engineer job with a software company and um, I was there. We, we were installing WANs in school districts when okay. school districts, you know, the schools were not connected to each other. Right. So I was out there programming all the routers and getting the school districts and installing this uh, essentially what we would call today line of business software, but it was educational software that they wanted to use across the district. So I would, you know, set up the WAN and then install the software and train the teachers. And you know, it was a whole nine yards. Wow. And they were in California and I was here in Michigan. So I was really on my own. And my boss was in uh, my boss was in Indiana and our support department was in Arizona. So, you know, it was really, really a very independent work kind of thing, which was great for me. Um, and I learned tons on that job as well, but it was um it became very much a burnout scenario for me. You know, I started mm. off covering their Michigan territory, then I covered their Michigan and the Minnesota territory. And then when I got a handle on those, they started sending me around the country to help other system engineers that had failed in some way. And I would have to walk in and patch the client relationship. So I would be meeting right. with um I'd be meeting with the uh, supervisor of the schools, the superintendents, and I'd meet with the school boards. And then I would go to work and meet with the IT department who would always challenge me on if I knew anything or not Wow! because uh, I was a woman right. and they hadn't, they hadn't seen one before. <laughs> and so then I would get to work and I would fix the thing and then I would fly to the next place and do the same thing over again. And I was just all over the country popping in and solving problems and um, it, I was so burned out from that, you know, I was home maybe one week a month wow. and that kind of travel just didn't work well for me. I was, sure. I got internalized a lot of stress from that. Yeah. And meanwhile, I had developed a few little clients on the side, you know, around the local area. Cause I would sure. be working with the school teachers here and they would say, you know, my brother has a business and he's got this problem with his computer. Do you think you could help him out? And I would call him up and say, you know, I can swing by there this evening or I can swing by there Saturday morning and take a look at it. And so I would do that. And then, you know, they would turn into a little side client and that kept happening. And eventually I had enough of those side clients that I, dawned on me. I was like, I'm making the same salary from these right. small businesses as I'm making from this really stressful business that has me flying all over the country and not being home where I'd really rather be home. Yeah. And so I quit the job and the start to my business then was me healing from being burned out from that job. Right. And I was like, well, I'll just, I will survive on taking care of these small businesses. And then, you know, before I go out and get my, my next job. Um, and I, Never did. I just realized that I really liked working in small business because they were so gung ho to be better. Yeah. They, these were people that valued their technology, that knew what it was going to do for their business, that wanted to be on top of things. And I just, I loved their excitement and they were very encouraging of me to start my own business. Uh, and so one day I, I, you know, I have these awakening moments and they seem to occur like every three years. So three years into that, it was like, 
I should have a business because clearly this is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone to get a job and I don't want to now. So clearly this is what I'm doing. I should, I should formalize it into a business. And so I hired my first employee. I made it a business. I went around nice. to all these little clients that I had and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get a job. This is what I'm doing. And I need to know that I'm going to have a stable income. Please sign my contract. And they were all really excited to do so. The fact that I was opening a business because they're all That's small awesome. business owners and they wanted to be supportive of a new small yeah. business. So we're off and running. That's cool. That is, that is an incredible story. And it sounds like along the way, you literally earned a PhD in uh, diplomatic relations. At the same well, you time. know, yeah, as it, <laughs> yeah, as it, as it turns out, that job was an excellent training for running right. a business because every time I got in that plane, I knew I was going to land and talk to a customer that was pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I had to meet, I had to meet with the, you know, the top brass of the school districts and right. patch that customer relationship and then, you know, and then get to work and, and fix, fix the problem. So that was a great learning experience, completely accidental. And, right. you know, this customer relations and how to keep things moving forward. Yeah, super valuable, super valuable. Um, another another thing that you had mentioned, you know, in in the the journey that that you had taken to your to starting your business is you would show up, and there are very few women, right, in in the industry, especially at that time, and it's still, um, you know, uh, a big initiative, you know, women in IT to to uh, raise up that that next generation and in yeah. get more women into these, into these jobs where certainly they have a right to win, you know, and, and be in the space. And so, um, did you have any, um, specific mentors or how, how did you work through that? Those, those challenges early on where you felt like maybe you were fighting a, a, a bias, um, being in the room? Um, I didn't, I didn't have any mentors. Um, I didn't have any mentors in the IT industry. I was really just going it alone. And, um, you know, I, th I think those of us that started in this industry and stuck with it and were successful in it are probably, we're probably just a certain type where we were able to let that bias kind of roll off of us, you know, sure. I, I used to think of it, actually, I used to, I used to think like, um, got to grow some duck feathers and let it, you know, ducks yeah. are good at shedding water, right? Just let it roll off. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's not, it's not about, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't about me. The problem was actually them. They have the problem. I don't have the problem. Correct. And so, you know, so you just, you just let it roll off, but that was a normal, normal everyday thing was to be actually sat down at a table, ask a ton of very specific questions. Like I was in a job interview, Weird. you know, tell me about DNS. What do you know about DNS? Do you know this about DNS? Do you know this about IP addressing? What's a subnet? What's a that, you know, just like all, it would sit there and just get quizzed. And then eventually they would realize that I knew more than they did. And they'd be like, okay, let's start. Like, okay. I guess you're, you're okay. You can touch our network now. Such a, such a strange, uh, uh, scenario. Um, fun to hear, yeah. fun to hear I, your process of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of working through that and be like, Hey, 
I was like, you get, you guys want to be embarrassed. The fact yeah. that I know a lot more than you, exactly. you do. Okay. Let's do this thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what you had. That's, that's the attitude that you had to, you had to take on it. And, uh, you know, I have yet to meet a male that had that experience. Yeah. And that's, that's the unfortunate thing. And I love, I love your approach. You're like, okay, are you guys ready? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to steamroll you. <laughs> that's, I don't that's, think... <laughs> that was, that was my, that was my intention going in. It was, yeah. you know, you, you, you get used to the situation that you're in and it's like, it's like, okay, guys, I'm here because you have a problem that you can't fix. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> get out of the way and let me get this done. Help me yeah. help you help yourself. <laughs> Hey guys, Ryan here for a quick break from our show. We want to thank Amy for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Amy and her companies, Harbor Computer Services, Third Tier, and Sell My MSP on their respective websites. Now this wouldn't be an ad break without running some ads, so I'd like to talk to you about our product, Connect Booster. Connect Booster is the premier accounts receivable management and payment automation tool for the channel. When our partners invoice, bill their clients, Connect Booster automates the payment, automates the accounting, and gives 24-7, 365 visibility into end clients so they can see current invoices, past invoices, auto pay settings, securely stored checking, credit card data, and so much more. We all know it's hard enough to get in the door of a prospect. It's hard enough to close the deal. It shouldn't be hard to accept their money when the sale is made. If your business isn't one of the thousands that is getting paid faster with Connect Booster, reach out to us at connectbooster.com to learn more how you can automate your cash flow. Before we get back to the show, we want to let you know all the ways you can find us online. Visit our website, connectbooster.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes before they air on the podcast network. If you'd rather wait, our episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and really anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So search Connect Booster on your favorite platform and subscribe to get notified when there's a new episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or want to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why you like it. Thanks for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. You know, you're really with all these businesses, um, um, do you consider yourself a, a a serial entrepreneur do you do you have visions for you know the the next five years and in uh and an iteration beyond and and that certainly is i guess kind of tying into um the uh the msp you know regulation group too that that you've worked on do you see that being a, a bigger part of of the career over the next five years or Oh, it's hard to say. Um, I don't consider myself a serial entrepreneur because I would apply one after the other. I'm more of yeah. a poly entrepreneur. Sure. <laughs> and I always, you know, when I started the the third business, the sell my MSP, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're starting a third business," 
you know, is that, is that too many businesses? And I'm like, Donald Trump has 500 businesses. I'm just, I'm nothing. You know? <laughs> three, three should be no big deal. And you should not be surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so no, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I enjoy everything I do and I guess mm -hmm. I will keep doing it until I don't enjoy it anymore. Um, my MSP is in a point of transition, moving to the next, uh, you know, the, the heir apparent. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not involved with the day-to-day -day operations of that anymore. Sure. I'm kind of the, um, I guess they, they think of me as the leader of it. I think of myself as like the security blanket, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, they uh, they hand they handle the the day to day operations just fine without me poking my nose in. But um, I do provide kind of leadership and and direction uh, to that business, uh, it, which gives me more time really to focus on the the community efforts like the the sell my the um, MSP regulation and my yeah. ransomware group and stuff like that. And you're really uh, I I appreciate that that insight because it really um, it really kind of drives me to my next question of um, you know your ability to leverage the business um, is allowing you to focus on some of the passion type projects things that are you know important to you in life and, and things that you you want to accomplish um, what uh, what's the what's the what's the next phase of the the MSP regulation group. And I guess maybe just from the top down, you know, where did you see the need? Obviously you felt like it was underserved to, to dig in and, and start something from the ground up. I'd love to have the listeners kind of hear, hear the process of like, Hey, we need to, we need to do something about this and I'm ready to come in here and, and make an impact. Uh, you know, I, I think I just have a, uh, I just, just kind of have a need and desire to be very active in the community of the profession that I've chosen. Sure. And, um, you know, I think, I think that probably comes from my father. He was very, um, very active in, uh, he was an iron worker, but he was also very active uh, in community and was, had, did a lot of different volunteering projects. You know, he served on a couple of nonprofit boards. He, you know, he just was always working in different, different nonprofit areas and giving of his time. Yeah. And so I think that sort of rubbed off on me somehow. And I feel yeah. like, you know, we should be part of the community that, that we've, we've chosen to be a member of, you know, to me, it wasn't just a job. There's, there's all of us out here and how can we better raise up our, our industry to, to be better. And, you know, that, that floats all boats. It floats mine as well. And so the, yeah. the more, you know, the better our industry is, the better we off, we all are. So, um, I tend to, uh, I tend to jump in and do those things as yeah. I know you do, cause we're both serving on the, you know, with CompTIA on the executive committee for managed services over there. So it's just, it's just something I also have an attitude of, um, I always, my first inclination is to say yes to everything. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I love change. I love 
busy. I love doing things. And so my inclination is when something comes along, I, you know, opportunity comes, I figure opportunity doesn't knock twice. So the first time I better say yes. And then I'll figure out what I'm going to do with that. Yes. Later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, as far as the, the MSP regulation stuff, um, you know, I started reading about it and I got, got very concerned that uh, you know, what happened in Louisiana with the, um, you know, where they just threw down a, a regulation and said, hey, if you're going to do work here for uh, for local or state government, you have to register. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can't do that work. And the reason they did that was because, I mean, the city of New Orleans had a, uh, they issued a state of emergency. It's the first time a state of emergency has been called for a cyber attack. And that's how bad the situation was. And, you know, lots of lots of small governments, that was a real wake up call for them to say, hey, we're not the only ones that's suffering from this thing. This is a scourge that's spreading around the nation. And they then they look at their IT support people and say, we thought you were protecting us. Why didn't you do that? And if you're not protecting us, who's going to and who are you anyway? You know, that was the issue that the when the Secretary of State in Louisiana looked around, he realized he didn't even know who these people were. Like, he wanted to talk to our industry association and say, uh, you know, hey, we need to, you know, we need to be able to discern who's a quality MSP, who's right. not, who's just some dude that decided to hang out a shingle and doesn't really know what they're doing. Right. You know, we always call them the trunk slammer, the man in the van, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to people that really have more of a professionalism. How do I sort these out? How do I know who's going to do a good job? Well, there's no way to know. We don't right. have a bar association. We don't right. have a you know, we don't have the certified CPAs. We don't have, you know, at, you know, the Hippocratic Oath. We don't have any of that stuff. Right. And yet we call ourselves professionals, but we've got nothing to prove it. And the consumer has no way to discern between the professional and the, the amateur. You know, even mechanics, you got your shade tree mechanic and you got your master mechanic and the right. consumer can sort out who's who. Right. But when it comes to comes to IT services, uh, you know, it's the it's almost the luck of the draw. Certainly, we all know that the customer has no idea what we do. Right. Um, and and so once one state starts to do something and he's been their secretary of state's been out talking He's a featured speaker around the nation at conferences. He's been up talking this problem. Um, at some point, it's gonna, it's just gonna start happening to us. Sure. And rather than happening to us, I feel like it should happen with us. That we should have some voice. Uh, our industry probably does need to create some kind of organization. Otherwise, you can get steamrolled by government mm -hmm. legislation, mm -hmm. and you do not want that to happen. Well, and you, you know. I mean that that was your world for a long time being involved yeah. in that system so right yeah so um so i started the the facebook group i know a lot of people don't like facebook but for groups it's an excellent platform yeah um uh and so we've got i think we're getting close to 600 msps nice. in there now that are participating and are interested in this topic um 
And where does it go from there? I'm not sure yet. We're trying to do a little bit to get ourselves uh, organized. Maybe um, I think one of our first projects is going to be to create kind of a statement of ethics and then mm -hmm. maybe some position papers. And um, really what we're going to need, though, is some kind of industry association to pop up and say, you know, we're the we're the people that are are going to engage going, going to engage and going to going to be that bar association for the msp industry right i think i think it's just a maturing of our industry right right that this is this is what this is what happens and it's probably the right thing to happen you know a lot of us we don't nobody's ever excited about <laughs> government getting involved in anything but um you know, and, and we, we want it to happen in such a way that we're not preventing people like me from hanging out my shingle, right? Getting right. into this business and doing it. Um, you know, but like I said, you've got shade tree mechanics and you've got master mechanics. And mm -hmm. some people go from start out one and work their way up to the other. And that's what we want to make sure happens, you know, in this, in this legislation. And also that we're not necessarily the ones that are going to be left holding the bag, right? right? Because uh, we're fighting against organized crime now. Exactly. Not some hacker in the basement. Exactly. These these people have vast resources, and we've always yeah. known that the bad guys are a step ahead of us. Uh, and so, you know, we do what we can do. But you know, I, I go through and configure the anti-phishing settings for for my customers to try to reduce the amount of spam and malware and fish that come through. Um, but I don't design that software. Right. I don't actually know what those rules are behind the scenes. So should I be responsible when a fish email gets through? The customer looks at me and says, yeah, why am I getting fish email? And yeah, I'm like, well, we've got all the settings configured. And sometimes that happens. Now I need to teach them to identify the right. ones that get through. But if they click on that and they get ransomware, they're going to say, well, we thought you were configuring that for us and this shouldn't have happened. It's a and really so tough spot. It's a very tough spot to be in and something that that uh, we need to protect ourselves from. Um, there's a lot of uh, liability concerns out there that we have mm -hmm. to be we have to address now that we didn't have to in years past. Right. So listeners that are 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 interested in taking a look at and joining the group, where where can they find you on Facebook? Um, you know, the easiest way is to go to my third tier page. So okay. so look up third tier on Facebook. When you go to that page, there will be a space for groups. Click on the groups and you'll actually see two groups there. MSP regulation and legislation and ransomware and security. Now, I have a team of admins in both of those groups that help keep them very, very clean. You will not find any off-topic posts. And yeah. uh, we turn away far more people that apply to be members of those groups and are actually in them. So sure. uh, we, we do a really good job of making sure that it's clean and on topic and stays informative for everyone. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for that information. I'm going to shift gears on you just a little bit here. Um, you have created uh, an educational series for MSPs on uh, uh, Microsoft 365 and, and administration. Mm -hmm. Love to learn a, a little bit about that, and um, you know anything that you'd like to, you know, impart upon our our, our listeners about what you're doing there and the the, the mission and and the uh, 
the uh, goal of the education. Well, I'm, I'm all about learning. I, I love to learn, right? As we talked about at the beginning with my path into this career, it was mm -hmm. all about me learning. And I, I'm just kind of an insatiable sponge when it comes to learning new things. I, I, I love new stuff. So, um, so I'm, I'm always learning and um, I, I like to share that knowledge. So what I did this year, um, I saw a little bit of frustration in, the, in people trying to learn Microsoft 365 and they were like, well, most of the stuff that's out there is about marketing or mm -hmm. it's, you know, big business. It's just not very practical for what I'm doing. Um, or I don't have time to sit through that. So I just made a 30 minute all demo uh, called MSP admin. Don't miss this setting. And each month we tackle a different area we spend 30 minutes of demo of me going through and showing you what you need to set up and configure in that particular area. Um, and then I do Q&A for as long as the Q&A needs to be. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and we record them and they're available over at thirdtier.net. So you can pick them okay. up over there, over there too. So if you want to, because we're near the end of the year. Um, and then um, next year, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And next year, I'm going to talk about making money from 365. Because the, what the people that are attending this, and there's um, it's been a little over 800 people that have attended this series over the year. Nice. Um, and what they're telling me is that now they're like, well, but what do I need to do for maintenance? What do I, you know, how do I get my clients to use this? How do I get my clients to use that? You know, what's, what's this for? What's that for? You know, how, you know, everything's gone to the cloud. How, how can I, how am I going to make money? Uh, and there's a million ways to, to, there's more ways to make money in the cloud than there ever was on premises. And so this next, next year for 2021, I'm going to sort of be doing the same thing, going through different areas and giving people little projects and maintenance to do and, uh, things to bring to their clients that will end up earning them money and making their clients be more successful too. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know uh, uh, everyone listening is thinking the same thing, but certainly appreciate the, uh, the willingness to, to add value to the industry, you know, you love and that you've made a career out of as well as, um, um, you know, just that willingness to, to give back again. I think that's so important um, in the industry where that rising tide, you know, uh, uh, raises all, all ships. And you certainly mm -hmm. not only talk about it, but absolutely demonstrate and, and, and live out the philosophy. And so uh, really, 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 really cool. So in wrapping up, um, any, uh, any, final, any final points, anything, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you and I, we were, we were talking before we were recording about, um, you know, you being in Detroit, me growing up in Minnesota and uh, uh, going into uh, winter season. But then we had we had uh, shot off into the Ford factory and I had gone up to Detroit and and had spent a little time, uh, um, you know, just in awe of the the automation uh, um, going on there. And and obviously, uh, I think one of the reasons that that intrigues me and what's so fascinating is um, the impact that automation has on our industry and the advances um, that we're helping our 
our business clients through the services um, that we offer. Um, what do you see as the, uh, any, anything interesting that you see as kind of the, the next phase or any kind of like industry trends that you're keeping your, your eyeballs on that we can, we can leave with the audience today that you think are gonna be um, um, shifts that people need to pay attention to? You know, the two years ago, I decided that my MSP needed a full-time trainer. Hmm. And we'd never had one before. And we never did any training that was kind of like, you know, in, in the in the old days, right, IT people, you go, you install the software, and then you walk away. And it's somebody else's responsibility to know how to use that software. That's completely turned on its head now. We have to know that software. Our clients have to know that software. And we need to be the ones to show them how to use it so that they can take advantage of all of these new tools and automations and right. all the power, the power of the cloud and new ways to share things. And the other big thing that's coming that I think is not really sinking into lots of people is that uh, security is leaving the purview of the IT person and is going to be squarely in the hands of the end user. And the reason I say that is because when, when your data moves to the cloud, um, with so many different ways, so many different places to store that data, so many different ways to share that data, so many different devices accessing that data, the, the end user needs to know where that data belongs. And we need to make sure that the security follows the data and so that involves um, data loss prevention policies and compliance work and device configurations to make sure that you know devices that we trust are accessing the data and maybe they get different levels of, of access to the data right. depending on whether they're coming at it from their iPad or their phone or their, their business laptop. Um, this is a whole new way of, of looking at data. Um, and it, you know, I'm, I'm squarely in the Microsoft platform. And when we, when we apply these policies, we're applying them to the data. But the first line of defense on that is that we need the end user to classify that piece of data that they just created and just to define what the what the importance of that data is, because it's no longer that, oh, it goes into this folder and these people have access to it. Data is in motion all the time now. And so we need those security things to follow that data wherever it goes. Um, and that's a huge, huge change that's that's come down and everybody's got to get up to speed with, with that one. Appreciate the insight. And Take notes. Take notes, everybody. <laughs> the next wave has been called. That's that's great. Amy, and wrapping up uh, again, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. It, it certainly was a pleasure. And again, um, um, time is one of those things that's tough to get back. So we certainly appreciate you choosing to spend that that with us over over the last few few minutes. So very excited to uh, be able to see each other again on the road when when all of that opens up again. <laughs> Someday, and I love to travel, and I am totally missing my my travel time. It's hard to stay refreshed, stuck in the office. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think at this point we uh, all need that trip to get down south and get some vitamin D again <laughs> in the middle of winter years. Right, right. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
Yeah.